Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. I'm truly honoured this morning to share with you. If, I, if you haven't met me, my name's Mitch. Um, privilege of being the youth pastor here and leading our youth with an incredible team um, of leaders. But yeah, truly honoured to share this morning. God's placed something in my heart um, weeks ago. So it's been sort of growing in me and I've been experiencing it. I think I'm really excited to see us all step into this further. But this Everyday Prayer series has been incredible. I've loved what Murray and Maddie have shared this um, month and I've seen us grow so much, prayer on the land, seeing incredible answers to prayer, incredible miracles and things happening. Um, but prayer is an area we can always be growing in. And I think in youth, we see this often because, I mean, us leaders, we're all generally young adults as well, so we're still growing in, you know, the early stages of prayer and of God and things, but <clears throat> we're leading young people who might have never prayed before or might be just on that journey. And it highlighted to me that there's a lot of things that our youth don't pray because they haven't thought to. There's things I don't pray because I haven't thought to, I've forgotten or different things. And it makes me question, what are we forgetting when we pray? Are there things that we often skip over that go unaddressed? And what are we missing out on in the things of God? So this morning, I want to pray, sorry, I want to preach, we will pray, but I want to preach about the prayers that we don't pray, the things that we miss. Because there's three areas, I think, that as Christians we often forget to pray or sometimes avoid praying. And whether it's by intention or accident, they often go unaddressed. And who knows that when we seek, we find. You know, when we ask God to intervene, He does. When we ask Him and invite Him into our lives, He comes into our lives and does incredible things. So there's not really room for missed prayers in our lives. Hey, we want to take everything to God. We want to live the life that God has planned for each of us. So I won't hold you in suspense any longer. There's three things that I think we generally miss. And you might be going, oh no, what's He going to call out? But the first one that I think we miss, the first prayer that we don't pray often enough is into the lies that we believe about ourselves. Because I think there's lies that we believe about ourselves that put limits on our lives, that cap what God can do in us. And I think there's parts of us that we accept as just that's who I am that doesn't line up with God, who God says we are. And we often skip over these lies when we take our needs to God because we don't even realise that they've crept into our lives. It's just part of our belief system. But who knows that God's truth and that what he says about us is true, and that we can't hold on to any lies or what we've come to think about ourselves when God says, no, I've got more for you, this is who you are. Now, I love in John chapter 10, verse 10, it's one of Jesus' last public addresses, and he says that the thief, being Satan and all evil, comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I love that he then reassures us that he's come, that we may have life and have it to the full. Because we've got Jesus, who is God, he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life, it's good news. But then there's also Satan and evil. And Satan, previously in this book of John, is described as the father of lies. So we're believing things from the father of lies instead of our heavenly father. And there's not much in between God's truth, the enemy's lies. So there's no, no room, no space for lies in our lives. It's important that we apply truth to our lives, to our identity, that we address lies in prayer and speak truth over ourselves in prayer and deal with these lies. So what lies might we be believing about ourselves at the moment? Some common things are things like, I'm not good enough, 
in general or for that specific thing or where God's calling me to. I'm underqualified. There's a 21-year-old sent in here. That's a lie I had to break through. <laughs> Something like, I'll always be anxious. That's just who I am. We believe ones like that. We might believe that we're weak, that we always struggle. Some of us believe that God doesn't speak to me, and that's a big one. We've got to break through lies like that. Well, I'm not smart enough. The list goes on. But as soon as we start reading God's Word, the Bible, it's the Word of God, and all these are available in the Bible app if you want to follow along this morning. But God says that our competence comes from Him. It says that Jesus' grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect in our weakness. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard our heart and our mind. And even when our flesh and heart fail and we can't do things in our own strength, God is the strength of your heart and your portion forever. It says that through Jesus we have access to the Spirit of God. We can hear from God. He's speaking to us. It says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that we're his masterpiece. Completely opposite to some of the lies that we believe. But are we praying into that? Are we addressing those lies? Or are we just accepting that's who I am, limiting ourselves and not taking that to God? I don't think I've got it in it, but 1 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says that essentially our life goes in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So what are we allowing to be our strongest thoughts in our lives? Are they lies? Are they truth? Because they need to be truth. The enemy's a liar. It's his first plan of attack, but our God is the truth, so we can turn to him in all of this. You know, I grew up in a Christian household, went to Christian schools, went to youth. I'll come one night in year seven and still haven't left ten years later. <laughs> I've heard plenty of truth. I've been around the church. I've heard heaps of messages. I've heard all this truth. But we have to still be proactive in choosing to believe it and apply it to our lives. And, you know, there's a lie that I accepted about myself for years. And somewhere in my young teenage years, I think it was around when I changed schools and, you know, starting to become a teenager and, you know, figuring out who you are and all that, anxiety, anxiety actually crept into my life. And I accepted the lie that I wasn't good enough and that people didn't really care what I thought or people didn't like me, which now I think that's ridiculous. I'm awesome. God made me this way. If you don't like me, it's your fault. <laughs> no, not quite. But the lie grew inside of me that people didn't like me, people didn't have time for me, they weren't interested in what I had to say. I remember doing like a humanities presentation in year eight and just being like, no one wants to hear what I have to say, which is maybe true about the content, but it wasn't true about me. But I really cared what people thought about me and I second-guessed everything. I didn't really share myself with the world and who I was, who God created me to be. And anxiousness caused these lies to follow me into adulthood because I didn't, never dealt with them. You know, even speaking a couple of years ago when we started youth out here and it'd be like 15 teenagers and most of them were my small group and then a few extras, I knew them all and I'd still get this like physical experience of anxiety speaking in front of 15 kids. You know, I'd get short-breathed and tight in the chest, I'd feel this weight on my shoulders and shaky hands and I just wanted to run, I felt uncomfortable. I'd just like whack through it and then be like, cool, done. And I knew that God was leading me to do things that made me anxious. But instead of asking God to break that, those lies off me that caused that anxiety, I just tried to push through my own strength. And along the way, missed so many opportunities because I ran from them. Even speaking, I had opportunities from a 15-year-old and I just I said no. I was like, no, I don't think God's called me to do that. And that was a lie. <laughs> You know, I accepted anxiety as part of my life. I accepted the lie that that was who I was to the point that I didn't even really talk about it. I just hid it because I was like, nah, just like the, no one needs to know. I'll just try and put on a brave face. I didn't want people to know how I actually felt. And it wasn't until early last year 
But a guest speaker at Middle Ridge one night challenged me on this. I didn't walk in expecting this, but I walked out a lot better that night. But they asked the question, your biggest struggle in your life, the thing that holds you back the most, have you taken it to God? And I was like, no. <laughs> it's like, I haven't. I just haven't. Maybe in a moment I'd prayed with God because I was like, oh, I'm stressed, I can't share this message or speak up in this meeting, but I'd never taken this whole thing to God and said, I don't want to believe these lies. What you say about me doesn't line up with this. Do something new in me, make me more like you. And so that night I did. I actually found Murray and Kaz that night, shared with them, which took a lot of my own strength to jump out of that seat. And I'm standing there and we prayed over it and that night I physically felt anxiety drop off my life, like off my shoulders, like a cage broke off my chest. Because there's significant powers in our prayers when we speak scripture, when we chase after truth, when we get rid of these lies. And when I feel some of those old lies creeping in, you know, I can confidently and boldly pray that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards my heart, guards my mind through Christ Jesus. And that's from Philippians 4.6. And I can speak that over myself because that's the truth. And you can fight these lies with truth. But we've got to pray into it. We've got to seek God into it. We have to have a revelation of the lies we believe Surrender them to God and then use his word to rebuild who he says we are. So this morning, what lies are we believing? You know, what part of you have you maybe kept from God because at some point you made an agreement with a lie? You know, whether you've never thought to ask for God's help or didn't have the faith to, the time is now. God has more for all of us. And prayer transforms us. What we pray makes a difference. I'm actually going to do something a little bit different this morning because we're talking about prayer, we're talking about the things we don't pray. I don't want to say we don't pray about this and then move on. So let's pray into it. Would you join me? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, spend some time with God? God, you know us more than we know ourselves and in this moment, Lord, would you just reveal to us the lies that we're believing, Lord, the things that aren't true about ourselves, that are holding us back, that we haven't taken to you yet, God? Would you draw into our minds anything we're believing that doesn't align with who you say we are because we know that you have incredible plans for us and we want you to have your way in us and through us god so holy spirit we just invite you in we surrender these lies to you right now we hand them over to you lord and we accept your truth god lord that those lies would break off our lives lord we seek freedom this morning we ask that you renew our minds tear away our old ways and fill us anew with your spirit god and help us to pick up on these lies earlier as we go today Lord, to have that revelation more often, to go, God, what, what, how am I living that doesn't align with you? What am I believing that isn't true? And help us to press into that, God, and to become more like you each day. Amen. Awesome. Look, the second thing that we don't pray, that we often miss as Christians, I know for me this one's maybe sometimes more intentional than forgetful, but it's actually our sin. You know, none of us like to admit our shortfalls, but we all do. We all do sin it's going to happen, but we have to deal with it. We can't let it get between what God has for us. We can't let it limit us and hold us back. You know, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For everyone sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. But then verse 24 goes on to say, Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. And he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Because the story of Jesus is a redemptive story. It's one of hope. It's one of forgiveness and grace. But so often 
we let that shame and that embarrassment of the wrongs that we've done to stop us from taking it to God and dealing with it and removing its weight in our lives. I loved in Maddie's message last week, she spoke on the Lord's Prayer, it was fantastic, it's on YouTube if you missed it, but she highlighted how important it is to pray for forgiveness and that when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins, it's actually present tense. So it's actually assuming that we're confessing our sins as well. It's not just a nice little thing we say, but it's actually powerful going, forgive me my sins, this is them. Would you forgive me, Lord? Because when we don't pray for forgiveness with God, we're unfortunately allowing a barrier between him and us to remain. And it only gets higher and higher like a brick wall. But he can remove that. He wants to forgive us, but it's actually our acknowledgement of sin, our seeking of forgiveness that allows that forgiveness to happen. You know, sin's the biggest distraction that as humans we're going to face. Pulls us away. It's always pulled God's people away from him. It's pulled us away from his glorious plans. It's caused these barriers and walls to come up where we're just not allowing God to work in certain areas of our life because we're just holding on to this sin and continuing in this cycle. And unfortunately, sin's in our nature. It's going to happen. But we can't hide in shame or embarrassment from it. I'm willing to bet that often a lot of us do. I definitely have. I still do. This was for me. I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to go to God more. Almost instantly when we sin, it's like, oh, God, I'm sorry. It should be our response, not just a, when we remember. I like how theologian and author Frederick Beekner said it. He said, to confess your sins to God isn't to tell him anything he doesn't know. You know until you confess them, however, they're the abyss between you. When you confess them, they become the bridge. Sin knows that God can turn every th- bad thing for good. He's a good God. He wants to work in our lives. He wants to pull us out from the pits we fall into. You know, Romans 8.28, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. We're called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance. He chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You know, we mess up, but God is good. I love how Paul says it. He acknowledges his journey from sin in his letters. You know, Paul, who very intentionally chased down Christians and murdered them, maybe what we would put above our sin, was radically saved through Jesus and through forgiveness through God, through Jesus on the cross. He was forgiven and God was able to do many incredible things through him. I loved in 1 Timothy 1, 15 to 16, and Paul wrote this. He said, this is a trustworthy saying. Everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I, Paul, am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realise that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Forgiveness is waiting for us. What's on the other side of forgiveness for you? We can't cling onto Jesus if our hands are full. Can't grab out to Jesus if we're holding other things. So actually have to say, God, this is what I'm carrying. I'm sorry. And then we can cling on to Jesus so much more easily. Now it's time for us to confess more often. God already knows. He's already paid the price. He's already died on the cross for it. And it's not ugly punishment and judgment waiting for us. It's grace. God will say, it's okay. Now go again. Try again. I'm with you. 
through forgiveness we become more like Jesus. And at the same time, the world needs us to be people who deal with our sin, who are becoming more like Jesus, because we can't live in our old ways for ourselves, but also for others. Like, if we're limiting parts of our lives, that's affecting other lives too. So if you can't even work up to do it for yourself, let's try and do it for others. That God has a plan that he wants to outwork through my life for me and for others, to point them to Jesus. You know, we need Jesus, we need forgiveness, we need his transformation in us. So let's run towards forgiveness. Let's make it the first thing that we do when we go, whoa, I just messed up. Let's turn to God. Let's deal with sin when we pray. I need to do this more. I leave it too long sometimes. But it's in confession that we begin healing. So perhaps there's some sin that's come to mind this morning that you haven't taken to God. Or maybe you're just going, yeah, I need to do that more. Maybe there's a barrier that you can identify between you and God right now. There's some sin that's causing this wall between the two of you. Let's pray into it this morning as well. Would you join me? God, we're sorry that we stuff up. I wish we didn't, but we do. We so often live in the shame and the guilt, the pride we try to push through in our own strength, but Jesus, you've already paid for it all. And we're so grateful for you paying the price for our sins on the cross, Lord. Help us to reach out to you to confess, to seek forgiveness so that the weight of sin can break off of our lives, God, so we can make room for what you're wanting to do through us. Lord, any sins in our mind right now? Anything we haven't sought forgiveness for? Anything that's a barrier between you and I? We just confess it to you in this moment, Lord. And you know what's on our hearts. We ask that you'd forgive us our sins, Lord. We thank you that you're always waiting for us with arms wide open when we mess up, Lord. Help us to turn to you as soon as we sin, God, so that we don't build up strong barriers that separate us from you. And Jesus, we thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for paying the price on the cross for us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So we can easily miss lies, can easily miss sin when we pray. The third area that I think we often forget to pray into is the small things. And I'd consider the small things to be things that we just come to believe are beneath God or not worthy of his time or I can do it in my own strength, I'll push through, I won't bother God. And these ones sneak into our lives daily, I reckon. Things like, you know, I just get headaches often. I don't get on with my boss at work. I never sleep well, it's just what it is. My car keeps breaking down. Oh, my elbow's just sore all the time and I I can't even do this. Well, that was... Received well. (laughs) Maybe we need to pray into elbows after. (laughs) But the small things are the, I'll just live with it. It is what it is. Nothing can be done. And we almost wear some of the small things like a badge of like, I've fought for this, I'm worthy to stand here. Look what I've been through. Like Murray says about being busy. It's another thing that we just kind of go like, I did this, you know. And we almost feel good about ourselves. But it's not how we're supposed to live. And I found... That as a kid, if something was wrong, I could go to my parents for help, for support. You know, it was the instinct. No matter how big or small, you could run to your mum or dad and ask them for help, and they'd help. And whether it was an issue they could just take away and fix for you, or it was something they could walk you through and teach you how to do it, they were there, you know? But then we grow up, we get trained to become self-reliant, which is great. I'm glad that I can do things on my own. But we get so used to sorting things out for ourselves that sometimes we forget to rely on our relationship with God that Jesus has paid the price for, that he's made possible. 
You're actually supposed to treat our Heavenly Father as our Heavenly Father. Like, we're supposed to reach out and walk with Him because He's already with us. We're His children and He's our Father. That's what the relationship between Him and I are, is. And He loves His children unconditionally. He has such a deep care and love for you and I. He wants to bless His kids and He wants the best for us. He cares about the small things because in the eyes of God, there aren't really small things. He cares about every part of you, every part of your life, every circumstance, no matter how we see it. He cares about it. He wants us to come to him with everything. You know, we see this in Mark chapter 10, 13 to 16. It's the story of Jesus blessing the children. It goes like this. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me, don't stop them. The kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Our relationship with God should reflect that of a child and a parent because that's what it is. It's a son or a daughter and our father. We need to trust and rely on God like a child relies on their parent. Living on earth as a citizen of heaven requires childlike faith, that God is with me in everything, that God will have his way. But I don't think we invite that in often enough. And we need to understand the authority we walk in as children of the king. We need to live like the creator of the universe is on our side because he is. Our first response in every circumstance, no matter the size that we see it as, no matter the worthiness to bring it to God, it should be prayer. We should invite God into it, whether it's to remove something or to walk us through a challenge. We need God in the small things. When we confidently pray, God, let your will be done, God, I invite you into every part of my life, there's power in that. And we'll see him move in every part of our life because he loves us so much, cares for you so much, wants the best for you. And at the same time, It's not all rainbows and butterflies. Sometimes there are things we have to walk through that we don't want to, but God's actually using it to prepare us for things that are going to come our way later. And so we also have to go, God, I'm bringing you everything. I'm bringing you these small things or these big things or these medium things or these grande or the tiny little piccolo, baby chino. Really funny if I held one. And there's, we've got to bring these things to God. Our first response has to be prayer. And, you know, some people that I've heard in the past have said, well, doesn't that make God small? Doesn't that make him seem smaller? But it's like, well, no, it makes him seem bigger because there's, I don't know, 8 billion people in the world or something crazy. And out of all of this, all the things going on, we're we're so small in the world, but he cares about these tiny little things in our lives. And even though our perspective is big that the world and it's all me and because that's how we see the world and it feels like that's our world is like us in the world the smallest thing in it which when we're small it's even smaller inside of us god cares about it so it shows that god's even bigger than we think yeah i was inspired by one of our um, seniors when we were doing the 14 days of prayer on the land and in the prayer meeting he just asked us to pray for his eyesight because it was deteriorating. And for me, this challenged me. I was like, oh, that's a small thing in my life. 
It's like we just accept a lot of these things as I wear glasses and if it becomes an issue, I don't know, whatever, I'll lose a license or this or that. Like it kind of is just an accepted thing. It's a small thing. And it challenged me because honestly, it's not something I'd ever thought to take to God. But this guy knew that God cared about every part of his life. He knew that even the small circumstances didn't have to determine his future. Whether he kept his license or lost his license because of his eyesight, God was with him and God had a plan for him and God was going to do what he needed to do for those plans to come to life in his life. Everything's worth praying about. Nothing's beneath God. What are the small things we struggle with? Are there any small things you you haven't asked God for that's come to mind? Because he cares about you and he loves you and he wants the best for you. We don't have to do everything in our own strength. We can partner with God because he wants to partner with you. God wants to do life with you. And he's paid the price for us to step into that. So we've got to pray about everything, no matter how big or small we think it is. Let's pray into this area too. Jesus, thank you that you've made a way for us to know you intimately on earth. Thank you that you love us, that you care about every single part of us and you want the best for us, Lord. But help us to invite you into every circumstance. Lord, when we forget that you're with us, when we forget that you're guiding us, help us to press into you, Lord, because your ways are higher than ours. You know what's right and wrong when we don't. You know what the right decision is when we don't. We want to see your will be done, Lord. Help us to rely on you, not just our own strength. Because your ways are higher than and better than our own. It's so much greater. We need you, Lord. We hand over the small things to you. We invite you into every part of our life. Move powerfully in our lives. Help us to do that more, God, to invite you into every area, everything we do, Lord that we'd have this fresh perspective of our life through your lens, God, and what you want to do. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So there's three things that we miss in prayer. It's the lies we believe about ourselves. Sin, when we just avoid it or forget about it. And the small things. We've got to invite Jesus into every part. So I want us to walk out of here better today after this prayer series to go, God, you've got so much more for me than I could ever ask, seek or imagine. Help me to press into that. And to pray, God, what am I missing? What am I forgetting? What do you need to deal with? What do you want to deal with that I haven't brought to you yet? That hasn't come to my mind. There's power when we ask God to reveal to us what doesn't align with his will for our lives. Yeah, there's nothing in our lives that Jesus is not interested in. There's no unplanned part of our lives. Jesus has a plan for everything. So how different would this world look if Christians prayed for everything? If we didn't miss things or forget about things? How different would your world look if you prayed for everything and didn't skim over any of these areas or ask Jesus, Lord, what am I missing? What do you want to do? What will we see God do if we actually brought every single need, big and small, to him? When we remove the barrier of sin in prayer, what could God do? Incredible things. I think we'd see some incredible moves of God everywhere. And isn't that who we're called to be? 
to be his hands and feet, to seek his kingdom, to seek his will. So let's do it. Let's go out and invite God in to everything we do. Let's not have any forgotten prayers, anything missed, because he's got a plan for each one of us, and I don't want us to get in the way of that. Just pray with me one more time. So maybe you're here today and you haven't invited Jesus into your life. You know, like I mentioned earlier, we all sin, we all fall short of what God has for us because God's holy, he's perfect, and sin separates us from God. But God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to earth to die on a cross, to rise again, so that we could have the price of our sins paid for and know Jesus here on earth. You know, it's through God's grace for us that we're saved from eternal separation from God. But we can live here on earth with him and also one day enter into heaven for an eternity with Jesus. But we have to accept Jesus in. We have to invite him in and make him Lord of our lives. So if it's time for you to turn back this morning, if you don't think you're currently walking with Jesus and you want to make that decision, it's time. I made this decision 10 years ago and it's changed my life for the better. So if that's you, just in this moment, if you know that you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, welcome him into your life. Would you raise your hand? Just, I want to know who I'm praying for. If that's you. Awesome. It's the best decision. Awesome. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer from your heart. I'm going to say the words, but would you echo this prayer from your heart to Jesus? Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me so much. And I confess to you that I've sinned against you. I've turned away from your ways, but thank you for sending your son to die in my place. Thank you for raising him from the dead so that I could have eternal life. Jesus, I give you my life this morning. Come into my life. Dwell in me. I love you. and I want to live for you. So Holy Spirit, make yourself so real to me this morning. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.